Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Twenty twenty three, it's finally coming to a close, and from the looks of it, the global economy is, in many ways, seem to be doing better than expected. I mean, if you take a look at the U.S. today, it's not only avoided a recession, but has grown at a steady clip. I mean, unemployment has been low, and crucially, inflation is falling in most parts of the world, and yet. The economic outlook remains deeply uncertain. But what are some investments lessons that we can take away from this year and how can it help us to better prepare ourselves financially for 2024 and beyond? And also with AI making the bulk of the key investment themes of this year, are there any other sectors where we should be keeping a close eye on for emerging opportunities? Well, today, let's break it all down with the one and only Cheng Chaisen, the head of investment at Provident. Good morning, Chaisen. How are you doing today? Good morning, Dan. Doing good. Wonderful, Chaisen. On to almost for most of us, the last working day of this year. Now let's just talk about how markets have performed so far this year. And what has been the most surprising thing about market performance for you as well? Yeah, so looking back at 2023, and yes, this is sort of the last trading day of 2023, I think, for almost all markets. So. Uh, quite apt to be talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that you know stocks in general have done really well. Um, the U.S. market, of course, uh, led by the S&P 500, is spectacularly well. It's up about 25% for the yeah. year. It is 0.3% away from its all-time high record mm. in January 2022. So if you think about it, you know, all that happened in 2022 has been erased, at yes. least in the US. Mm-hmm. And other markets too globally have done really well. Uh, in local currency terms, Japan is up 30% this year. Eurozone stocks are up around 12% if you look at the stock 600. Uh, but Germany has been a, a sort of an outperformer in Europe. Uh, DAX is up 19%. But of course, there have also been some uh, weaker performers in developed markets. I think the UK, uh, FTSE 100 is only up about 2%. Yeah. Uh, STI, uh, Singapore STI is still marginally down for the year. And uh, Hong Kong, I think, but Hong Kong, because of its large exposure to China, Hong Kong's not done so well. It's down 15% for the year. So, right. you know, developed markets, in general, most have done well. There are a few outliers. Uh, right. For emerging markets, we have uh, some pretty strong performers. Uh, if you look at Korea, Taiwan, Korea's up 19%, Taiwan's up 26%, and India has done very well, up 19%. Yeah. And of course, uh, however, China... Stocks have not done so well. Down, I think the Shanghai Composite is down around 5% for mm. the year. Yeah. So that's sort of, you know, uh, looking at the major markets globally. I guess what's surprising, uh, maybe maybe it's not so surprising really, but that actually none of the themes that, you know, that investors were looking at in early 2023 have really played out well. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. uh, I think one of the major themes was that value stocks might continue to do well because higher interest rates will have an effect on growth stocks yep. uh, because of a higher discount rate, but that's not really played out. Growth stocks have done much better than value stocks in 2023. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest uh, trades was uh, a rebound in China after the reopening from COVID. 
but that hasn't also really materialized. The economic growth in China has uh, still been sluggish. And so, you know, equities uh, in China haven't really done so well. And lastly, I think uh, everybody expected some kind of recession yeah. in, in the US, yeah. and maybe globally, and that, you know, stocks mm. wouldn't do well at all. But, you know, there's been no recession. Yep. And, in, and then we have double-digit returns for quite a few stock markets. Quite right. in the major stock markets, and so that has really been, I guess, one of the surprising things this year. Fantastic! I think surprises. Uh, I mean, if we could <coughs> think of a word for twenty twenty three, surprises would be pretty apt for it as well. Now, thanks a lot for that uh, comprehensive breakdown, Chison. And why not let's talk about some of the biggest investing lessons that you're taking away with you for this year, which may potentially help you reframe your, say, investment approach for twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think, uh, well, this is something that we have uh, always been telling our clients at least and, you know, something that we believe quite strongly in in Provident is that it's very hard to uh, time the market or to anticipate what the market is going to do in the future. Mm -hmm. So what we would expect or what we would say is uh, work out a long-term investment strategy and try to stick to it. So, you know, uh, for us, we feel that staying globally diversified, uh, staying diversified across many different stocks uh, will help you benefit when markets go up because you're not, uh, it's going to be very hard to pick the right sector or the right stocks. And so holding a diversified portfolio will let you benefit no matter uh, what sector or what market is doing well yeah. at any period of time. And I think um, that has worked out well for us in 2023 because uh, we did not try to um, adjust client portfolios too much at all. At all. In fact, uh, despite what happened in 2022 right. uh, and with the market rebounding strongly in 2023, our clients have benefited, our portfolios have recovered in line and therefore um, you know, our portfolios have done pretty well. Yeah. For the year, and uh, we also didn't try to uh, anticipate a recession, or you know, mm. even when the markets were very gloomy towards the end of October, we didn't make any adjustments to the portfolio based on the short-term uh, events in the market. And so we've uh, sort of fully benefited from the rally uh, in the last few months. And so I guess going to 2024, I think I mean the key would really would be to find an approach that uh, that you believe in and works for you over yeah. the long term, be it passive or active investing, and to, you know, sort of stick with it uh, for more than the short term because, you know, right. it's very hard to anticipate and time short term moves in the market. Yeah, I yes, I mean, it stays true to the point that time in the market is better than timing the market. And I think the past uh, two years, I'd say, it's quite clear to show that what goes down would eventually go up as well. So thanks a lot for that, Chaisen. Now let's talk a little bit about the U.S. market rally. It's hard to ignore. I mean, if you look at it, all three major U.S. stock indexes rose right after the Christmas holiday with, like what you've mentioned earlier, the S&P 500 touching its highest intraday level since January of 2022 and on track to possibly, before the end of this year, beat and rising to new record highs. So Chaisen, what exactly is driving the stock market rally in the U.S. since November? I think uh, that's a pretty good question. A large part of it has really been the fact that uh, what we have seen 
uh, is that inflation numbers have started to come down. And then uh, the Fed has also started to uh, moderate its sort of hawkishness and that, you know, uh, investors are anticipating that um, interest rates are probably not going to go any higher. In fact, might even come down some point in 2024. Yeah. So that sort of, uh, started to price in some of these events have started to be priced into the market and I think largely also what investors are seemingly uh, anticipating is that you know, there might not be a recession after all and that you know things in the US economy are going to do better because if you look at the performance especially in the last month right last month and a half or so of course in the earlier part of the year the rally was led by the tech companies, the Magnificent Seven, and what you see is that everybody is just talking about how these seven companies are leading most of the gains. But if you break down the sectors uh, over the last one month, uh, you would see that um, actually technology uh, is not the leader. It's only up about 5% in the last month, but instead you have uh, industrials up uh, 8.5%, you have financials up 7% and a half percent you have uh, materials up uh, 6.7% you know mm. uh, so what you're seeing is that the rally has become more broad based and so that's definitely a signal that investors are looking you know just beyond uh, interest rates and maybe even at the broader economy and a large signal for that is that if you look at the S&P it's up about 5% uh, in the last month but if yeah. you look at small caps it's up 15% in the last month. And so uh, when small caps do well, that's a signal that investors are expecting economic growth to be more robust in the future. Very interesting. Thanks a lot for that, Tyson. Now, <coughs> let's also talk about what the recent rally would mean for uh, the tone in 2024. I mean, historical data does indicate that a strong center period often leads to a tough January. So the question remains, what does you know this year's Santa Claus rally say about the U.S. stock market in January and how is that to perform for 2024? That's a great question. I think definitely uh, this center rally, uh, you know, there are a lot of reasons for it. Part of it is technical because uh, investors are not really going to be as active during the holiday period. Yeah. Um, investors might also not want to sell their stocks in the holiday period because, uh, especially for U.S. investors, uh, there are tax implications. So, you know, if they sell it before the end of 2023, that means they get sort of, uh, I think they they uh, have some tax taxes that they have to pay on capital gains for mm-hmm. that year. So they might want to hold off. And therefore, yes, that does mean that uh, in January, we might see the market take a breather or even pull back a little bit, especially since, you know, we are approaching a, a new record high and then obviously uh, markets might pause a little there. However, given that, you know, the rally in the rest of uh, US stocks has only sort of just started. I mean, of course, the tech companies uh, started at the start of 2023 uh, rallying, but I think the rest of the sectors actually pretty much did almost nothing for 2023 until, you know, late October, early November, and then they started picking up. So, you know, obviously there is room for a more broad-based uh, stock recovery. And also, I think um, you have to remember that uh, most investors, I think the most popular investment in 2023 was buying T-bills. 
Okay. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, a large part of investors' capital is also now in cash because there wasn't such a pressing need to take so much risk uh, mm. when you have uh, high rates for your cash. Yeah. But uh, what that means is that there is a lot of uh, firepower on the sidelines and, you know, if expectations continue to improve, then uh, we can see uh, more liquidity coming into the market, which slightly means that uh, there should be uh, potential for stocks to go higher in 2024. Mm. Uh, of course, it might not be in January, but, you know, um, over the year, and of course, depending on what the Fed does, there might be reasons for the market to grind higher. Right. Okay, okay. Great stuff there, Chaisen. Now, let's talk a little bit more about where interest rates are likely to go in 2024. Because recent economic data indicated that inflation is easing down closer to the Fed's average annual 2% target. And it has also helped fuel expectations that the Federal Reserve will begin cutting interest rates as soon as March of next year. Now, Let's get your opinion here. Where do you think interest rates are likely to go next year? And is inflation finally going to go back to less elevated levels? I think uh, that's a great question. I think that's really what's on everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think a lot of brain power is yeah. really being used to figure out where um, the answer to these questions. Yeah. Uh, I think the Fed has given us a hint. Uh, okay. If you look at the latest uh, dot plot, that the Fed released in December. Uh, what that is, is a projection of the interest rates that the Fed board, you know, sort of expects to be in the future. And uh, the median rate uh, in 2024, uh, that means the most uh, Fed governors are expecting the rate to hover around 45 to 4.75%. Okay. So, you know, that does mean that they are seeing the potential of lowering rates because yeah. rates are now at, you know, I think 525 to 5.5%. So there is the potential of some, you know, 25, 50 basis point rate cut sometime in 2024. Mm. Of course, I think this is extremely dependent on the inflation data, which is uh, looking good. The Fed themselves are projecting that core inflation is likely to below, go below 3% in 2024. Right. And uh, if we look at the actual data, uh, the November data was released, and uh, you see it in the U.S. The PCE is uh, the you know the preferred measure of inflation for the Fed fell zero point one percent. Yeah. So that that means uh, there was actually a fall in prices from October to November. Right. So that's the first time prices have fallen in I think two years or something like that. Okay. Uh, and then the rate of increase has also slowed. So now you know it's like a year on year increase is about two point six percent, and that's quite well below um, projections of 2.8% by most economists. Yeah. So what that means is that uh, the price pressures are easing and going towards the 2% target that the Fed is committed to. And likely that would mean that there is potential for some lower interest rates. And uh, it's not just the Fed and the US. Uh, Eurozone inflation is also down to 2.4%. So that means that even in, the, in Europe, there's also potential for uh, the ECB to lower their rates. And that is, I guess that's good for equities because that would mean that a lower discount rate and can support higher valuations for stocks. Yep. Uh, however, of course, it would mean that uh, it would be challenging again for savers because if interest rates go down too much, then you know we'll, uh, there's no longer the option of just uh, investing your money in safe bonds or cash to yeah. uh, hit your wealth goals. 
Okay, interesting. All right. I mean, I, I would say good foresight there, at least. Tapping into our crystal ball there. Thanks a lot for that, Chaisen. Now, there is still a camp of economists predicting that the Fed will trigger a recession as it continues to battle inflation. But for now, most investors are embracing the soft landing view, which explains the rally we've been seeing so far. So what are your thoughts on the possibility of a recession next year, Chaisen? I think most economists are now actually of the view that there might not be a recession coming soon. I think uh, there were a couple of months back, uh, there was a, a survey or poll taken by one of the major papers. I think it was the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And uh, at that point, uh, less than 50% of economists uh, felt that there would be a recession in the US. Yeah. And um, that was obviously not the case in early 2023. And so I think uh, the chances of uh, recession... Uh, I mean, there's always possibility that's still there. I think, you know, uh, the U.S. consumer has definitely uh, been quite stretched in 2023. A lot of people have uh, dipped into uh, savings because uh, prices have been higher. And of course, but I think, you know, the job market is still showing quite good activity. Uh, mm. Unemployment is low. Yeah. You know, people still have jobs. And I think uh, wages have gone up. So all in all, if... Uh, these conditions continue to persist, I think uh, we might be able to have that miraculous soft landing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so far, yeah. so far it's worked out. And so the likelihood of a recession, I think, is definitely a bit less than 50%. However, oh, okay. um, we don't really, definitely we can't see the future. And of course, there can be events that we haven't experienced yet that might happen in 2024 that would push us into a recession. So, right. you know, that's, <laughs> that, that's always the uncertainty. It's always hearsay until it actually happens. Well, thanks for uh, the at least uh, giving us a, a brief outlook on what it could be like or what we could expect at least for 2024. Now, Chaisen, I'd like to get your thoughts on this one as well. I mean, for those who have no reason to hop into anything risky, passive management provides, you know, as about as much security as anyone could expect, and that's the tune to what we've seen so far this year. But is passive investing still a viable strategy, or should you be, or should we be more active in 2024 to invest successfully? That's a great question. First of all, I'd like to say passive investing doesn't mean it's uh, less risky. If you are passively investing in a stock portfolio, mm. it's still quite risky. Oh, okay. You, yes, that's a good you, clarification. Yeah. If you if you were you know, buying the indexes in 2022, you would yeah. have gone down about 20%. Good point, so, good point. So definitely it's not less risk. Uh, okay. But of course, I think what it does is that it mitigates risk because if you buy a broad-based passive index and sort of buy and hold, uh, what you get is the market return yeah. and you avoid concentration risk. Mm. Uh, you know, that say if you picked specific stocks, they might have come down in 2022, but there might not have been a reason for them to come back up in 2023. Well, mm. you know, if you have a diversified portfolio, it, what went down in 2022 didn't necessarily come up in 2023, but then since you held, you know, almost everything, <laughs> the stuff that went up in 2023 would have given your portfolio uh, the positive performance. Right. I think, so, you know, I think passive investing in terms of buying a broad diversified index will always have its place. Uh, of course, given that, you know, the market has rallied, yeah. uh, valuations are high, there is always potential, you know, if someone can find uh, 
active investing that doesn't really charge high fees, yeah. it might be a way to also uh, add some extra performance to a portfolio. I guess one way, you know, if you one way to do it would be to look at systematic fund that maybe targets certain types of factors. Yep. Uh, these funds typically charge slightly lower fees than the traditional kind of active fund. But, you know, it's a way to get some kind of active component into a portfolio. Okay. I mean, for example, since, you know, growth stocks have done well in 2023, you know, one way, if you want to be a bit active, want to be a bit more contrarian, is you can find a manager that systematically invests in value stocks right. and then to pay some kind of uh, mean reversion or some kind of uh, a different type of factor out performance for 2024. Right. However, you know, any kind of active strategy, uh, if you have a chance to outperform, it also means that you have a chance to underperform. So <laughs> you should do your own due diligence and uh, assess your own risk tolerance before, right. you know, investing in any type of strategy. Due diligence, it's something we cannot stress enough. Yes, what goes up? Could also go down. Thanks for that, Chaisen. Now, while it's impo- impossible to make a stock market forecast with some form of certainty, I mean, we could look at you know some of the major themes that happened in 2023 that's likely to carry over to the new year and influence stock performance. I mean, one area that we can't ignore, that's AI. And we've seen investors pouring their funds heavily into tech companies, semiconductors, computers, software, and the likes like this. So, Chaisen, I'd like to get your thoughts on this one. What other key investment themes, aside from AI, do you see emerging and that we should be watching out for? Yeah, AI is definitely uh, one of the big stories out there. Probably still will be a big story in 2024. Yeah. A couple of other themes, I suppose. I wouldn't really call them sectors, but uh, themes might be one that sort of has been around, but in 2023, it sort of had a lot less, um, it, it was a lot less popular. thing would be uh, sustainable energy, mm. uh, green energy. I think uh, their transition away from uh, fossil fuels or to reduce the reliance on fossil fuels across the world is continuing. Yeah. So uh, green energy, sustainable energy stocks, uh, might see some kind of uh, resurgence uh, also in the future as investors uh, continue to look for opportunities there. Another one uh, is the defense industry because there has been an increase in geopolitical risk in the world in the last two, three years uh, yeah. that we haven't seen in the past two to three decades. Okay. So uh, many countries have also been looking to increase defense budgets and to increase defense spending. And uh, therefore, the defense industry uh, stocks are also a possible sector that could see some interest, although you know that's probably also quite a fairly small and niche sector, but it's one that you know could be worth looking at. Um, Yeah, so outside of that, I think, I mean, AI and tech continues to grow, but there could also be, you know, some of the sectors that haven't been so popular when interest rates went up, such as uh, REITs and real estate. Uh, These might see a comeback, Mm. especially if uh, the Fed starts to cut rates and interest rates and yields really start to come down. I think, uh, you know, the REITs that have been battered quite heavily Mm. uh, in 2023 might be one of the you know, key beneficiaries. Right. Bright prospects to look at there. Thanks a lot for that, Chaisen. Now, before we let you go, can you share with us your closing thoughts on 2023 and how we should better prepare ourselves financially for 2024? Well, I think 
2023, it's definitely been uh, a year of surprises. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a good year yeah. for the markets and, you know, definitely we are uh, happy that, you know, our prime portfolios have uh, recovered, uh, especially after a difficult 2022. Yeah. So, and uh, I think 2024, I think the, the only thing certain about investing is that things will be uncertain. Ah. So I think, you know, <laughs> it should be to be prepared for uncertainty, but I think uh, to have the, the certainty of your investment plan, your, your wealth plan and your investment strategy yeah. and to be able to stick to it uh, despite all the uncertainty that will be uh, that will happen in 2024. Yep. Strong resilience there. Thanks a lot for sharing with us your thoughts for today, Chison. It's been a fantastic year with you. So um, thank you so much for joining us on our show today. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Happy New Year to all listening. Oh, yes. Happy New Year to everyone and Happy New Year to you as well, Chaisen. We've been speaking to Chen Chaisen, the Head of Investment at Provident, talking all about, you know, the reflection of 2023 and what are some of the lessons that we can take away to better prepare ourselves for next year and beyond. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to the full interview, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.